This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You're live with the App Show. Mike Eggerbo here with John Beeler. Got an awesome program today. We are going to be doing a, a preview of the upcoming Consumer Electronics Show. Some of the things uh, that have been pre-announced uh, from Samsung, uh, from little uh, Samsung trackers to uh, some of their new phones and just uh, some of the other technologies that uh, we're expecting to see this week as all the big tech announcements uh, come online no show in Vegas, which we're sad about, uh, but uh, all of these uh, tech companies uh, will be doing big announcements this week. Make sure you visit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We'll have all of that uh, up there. And again, next weekend, we'll have a lot of great new uh, tech and gadgets to talk about. John, let's talk about some of the uh, the news in the app and mobile uh, world. A, a big one for me, and uh, Trump uh, has uh, again gone on on his anti-China <laughs> crusade uh he has signed an executive order blocking transactions with some big chinese companies uh, like alipay and wechat pay and again these are big uh programs uh that uh, people in china and even here in north america and canada uh, have been using they have built-in payment mechanisms but in the u.s uh you know this will take effect in 45 days but will it even matter john because he'll be out of office by then yeah. Do you remember when we were in Hong Kong and China, we saw, you know, WeChat and these other payment systems were ubiquitous. Like you go to a 7-Eleven, a restaurant, anywhere, you would just Taxi, yeah. Yeah. Like just, they were like the equivalent of Interact and Visa and MasterCard for us here. Anyway, so this executive order has banned uh, these apps uh, from doing transactions uh, and again, there's a lot of them. Uh, like we said, Alipay, uh, there's WeChat Pay. Uh, there's also Tencent, uh, QQ, VMate, uh, WPS Office. I haven't heard of some of these, but uh, obviously there's a lot of them uh, out there. But again, I just wonder once Biden comes in, if he's going to reverse a lot of this stuff. Yeah, it's well, we'll soon know, I guess. Not too much longer. Also uh, in the app news, uh, mobile world, uh, this is uh, interesting, Don. Dell is uh, actually building in pop-up webcams and a, a Teams button, which is kind of like Microsoft's Zoom, right into their new monitors. Yeah, I think this is a, a really nice feature uh, just to integrate all that stuff. It, it's, we haven't tried these yet, of course, because they were just announced. But the, um, the the notion of having a built-in camera is you know, familiar if you have a laptop. But if you have a, a nice desktop monitor, uh, it might be a, a better way of doing it than having something like a, you know, a, a USB uh, camera, uh, especially if it's integrated and it sort of can tuck away and pop back into the actual frame of the monitor. And it also sounds like it comes in some really nice uh, sizes, 24, 27, and 34-inch monitors. Yeah, I had to look at some of the pictures of these. They look nice. I, I love the fact that the webcam uh, can pop in and out of the monitor on top, right? Yeah. So you get the privacy when you don't want that camera <laughs> up there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, an, it's a neat little trick. And I, I do like the idea of integrating some of these buttons yeah the, the famous uh leave meeting button that everyone wants to either buy or make themselves to get out of their their, their calls yeah uh, that's built into the into the monitor now uh, I, I, yeah I, I need one of those leave meeting buttons like <laughs> that's the most awkward part of these zoom calls uh, or microsoft mm-hmm. team calls like just trying to get out of the meeting finding yeah. the leave button and then you got to hit it a couple times so you just look kind of kind of weird yeah, I use a stream deck, which has that button. Uh, oh, it's a yeah, of course, button. of course you do. <laughs> yeah, 
But in case the listeners want to get one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Apple, they've uh, patented uh, some new technology that we might see in future MacBooks uh, that would allow you to wirelessly charge your iPhone and your Apple Watch. Yeah, I think this is great. Um, I, I guess it just depends on where you actually would put your phone. Uh, I think everyone assumes that might go on the, onto the wrist rest area. Yes. So, so it might be a little awkward if you're trying to use your laptop while you're charging your phone. Yeah. That- <laughs> I guess that would be the issue, wouldn't it? Uh, but I mean, yeah. these MacBooks now have such great battery life in them, right? You know what I mean? Like 20 hours. So they obviously mm-hmm. have enough juice to power up some of your other mobile uh, devices yeah. like your watch and, and your phone. But yeah, to your point, like you're not going to be able to to charge it yeah, or, or I mean, use it while you're charging. Yeah, it, it might it might make more sense if, it, if you're able to, like say at night, when yeah. you can travel again, you have your laptop, close your lid, and then you put your devices on the lid and the lid charges it. Interesting, eh? Yeah. Anyway, this is uh, a patent that they filed. Uh, you know, we might not see this ever. Could be a few years. Who knows? But uh, interesting, interesting stuff. Uh, another cool app we came across, uh, a new app that actually allows teachers to use their iPhone or iPad as an overhead camera on Zoom which mm-hmm. I, I thought was cool because obviously, you know, a lot of these classes now uh, can be done online. And this is uh, another tool that uh, makes it a little bit easier for, um, I guess, teachers to, you know, like have an overhead projector. Yeah. Well, I think this is maybe useful for people like us, even when we're trying to show something yeah. <laughs> on a video. Yeah. I think the app is called Overviewer, uh, uh, made by a developer, uh, Charlie Chapman. Um, interesting name. Uh, but yeah, you basically set up the camera and it can be like an overhead uh, projector for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the tricky part is always having this precariously mounted uh, <laughs> camera above your, your work surface. So yep. get a tripod and or a some kind of a clamp mount. Don't forget to hit our contest page uh, up at getconnectedmedia.com. Uh, what are we giving away, John, this month? We're giving away a YubiKey, which is a physical, kind of like a USB device that you would plug into your uh, computing device, whether it's a smartphone or a laptop. And it is, it's kind of like a physical password uh, for all intents and purposes. It, it's a, a truly um, secure way of logging into hundreds of different apps and your, your actual computer itself uh, and even your smartphone or your tablet. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing, John, because you know, we've seen these for laptops and, and desktop computers, but uh, this one will also work on smartphones and tablets. Yeah, the one we're giving away is a, it's kind of like a double-ended thumb drive for all intents and purposes. One side has a USB-C uh, connector, which will work on you know m- many smartphones, uh, typically Android, uh, probably your uh, iPad Pro. And then on the other side is a lightning connector, which will work on all the rest of the Apple stuff. We're going to have to take a break. And when we come back, uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, our preview of the upcoming Consumer Electronics Show. Everything from uh, the new Samsung phones to new tracking devices. Will you want one? Well, stay around. You're listening to the App Show. Back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We've got a great guest on the line. We're going to be talking about the Consumer Electronics Show this week. All sorts of uh, announcements uh, coming up. So there'll be uh, some great coverage on uh, next weekend's program. Not only the App Show, but uh, Get Connected uh, as well. We've got Ted Kritsonos, our uh, Toronto Get Connected uh, team member on the line. Thanks for joining us, Ted. Pleasure to be with you. Happy New Year. 
Kind of a weird time. Uh, Consumer Electronics Show is something all of us nerds uh, look forward to every year just after Christmas coming into January. It just uh, It's a great start to the new year. Uh, all of us converge down to Las Vegas, a couple hundred thousand of us, uh, and literally uh, geek out. It's just all the latest tech announcements from fridges to phones to even cars now. But uh, this year, it is completely online. It's all digital. Uh, so every uh, day, and even this past week, there's been all sorts of uh, announcements and press conferences uh, that we've been going to uh, online uh, to see what uh, a lot of these manufacturers are coming out with. Uh, Ted, uh, how you know you're a journalist? How how is this going to be for you to cover all of this now? Uh, you know you're one of the the guys that we always hang out with uh, down there, and, and now you're just in your living room. I I got to be honest, I don't mind it. I don't mind. Ta- <laughs> I, I, I don't mind taking. It, you know, I don't mind taking the year off because, as you guys know, it, it's a real grind to cover a show like that. So to it's going to be weird covering this thing, you know, as it's being done virtually. A CES has been around since 1967. It's never been virtual. I mean, they've held it every year. And this now with the scope of it, I mean, you mentioned, yeah, a couple hundred thousand people. I mean, you, you, we know we've been doing it for years. It's, it's a huge show. I am fine with covering it here from the comfort of my home. Uh, I'm just curious as to how much news uh, or new tech is actually going to be unveiled this way, or if companies are going to take advantage of the fact that they're not beholden to this specific time of the year and can actually unveil whatever they want, whenever they want. I, I just think the big thing, sorry, John. I was going to say that I think the big thing for for us that we enjoy about CS is not just the big keynotes and the big players that we always get all the details from anyways, but it's just finding those nice little nuggets in the back halls that would never get into our inboxes. You know, just they're too small of a player or they're too new of a player or they have some really weird tech that doesn't really fit our normal thing, but then we find it and it's like, Hey, this is really cool. And getting that hands-on tactile thing is that's, what's going to be weird and missing this year. Yeah, I agree. I I was going to say, you know, you actually make a great point because the tactile feel is gone and that go and that's regardless of the size of the company but to your point is seeing the startups and and the smaller companies was really one of the joys of that show because those were really the guys who were pushing the envelope i felt in, in a lot more ways i mean yeah okay obviously you know big players are going to push the envelope with tvs and things like that but for some of the tech that we have seen come out or that we've been using over the years you can probably bet that a fair bit of it has come from a startup or from a small company. You know, I remember when Fitbit was like a, you know, a, like a startup at CES, and and now obviously, I mean, they're part of Google now, but they're they're you know, it's a huge company now. So it, it's just it, it's interesting to see that evolution when you've been covering this show all this time. But I I, I do fear that companies like that, the small ones, are going to have a harder time. To, to get a, you know some attention at the show because typically when you're seeing and feeling things it's it's very very different right yeah I'm just wondering about that I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to get through all the noise like uh, obviously all the big guys like the Samsungs and Asus's and, and all the big companies uh, they've already got relationships with uh, a lot of uh, the press and, and also the suppliers and, and buyers and, and what have you I just don't know how these little guys are going to you know get get through that to, to get their, their word out. So I think this might be a bit of a lost year for consumer electronics and, and mobile. 
Yeah, and and actually, I think that's where shows like Pepcom and Showstoppers. Now, I know viewers are not going to recognize those names. Basically, these are shows that actually happen during CES, but are, are independent of CES. So the organizers who put those shows on are just taking advantage, really, of the timing. But they're great shows because they showcase a lot of what it is we're talking about as well. And and those are still going on virtually, and they're playing up the fact that they're you know they've got these smaller companies that they're going to be showcasing. So hopefully that's at least one way to get some the word out, and and maybe we'll see something interesting coming out of that. I just wonder though, for a lot of these companies uh, that uh, typically have been going to these you know CESs and these other trade shows, uh, you know it'll be interesting to see what kind of value they get out of these, uh, these virtual experiences or these digital experiences, because they spend ungodly sums of money to go down there and actually, you know, have a booth set up. Like if you've seen the Samsung booth down there, it, you've never seen anything like it. I, I can't even just, it's like a football field in, in size. Uh, and they spend literally, you know, tens of millions of dollars in, you know, not only, the space, but building that booth and getting all their people down there, uh, you know, will they see better value in having these things virtual? Actually, there's something I wanted to throw out there for you guys too, is do you see this changing the way the show is run in the years to come? Will companies start to rethink, you know, is it worth investing? Like to your point, Mike, is it worth investing all that money and putting on this big show in person or should we just not do it at all and and do this thing you know virtually uh, or do a number of things virtually and just spread them out over the year in a way that serves us that's i mean it's largely why some companies left ces in the first place microsoft hasn't been there for years apple it's like decades um so because they they say hey the timing of this show does not fit with where you know with our product cycles so we're just pulling out and we ultimately are saving the money and we're going to spend it some, somewhere else, you know? That's an interesting That's an interesting point too, Ted, because like you said, if their release cycle doesn't fit with CES's timeline, um, we see a lot of vaporware that shows up at CES. Yeah, you know, definitely. it's a prototype or something you can't touch uh, anyways because it's not quite fully baked yet, but it, the concept is there and they want to get some hype from the press that's there. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think I think every everybody that has an event based system like CES, and you know, there's a number of other ones that we go to on an annual basis as well that are definitely going to be reevaluating how they're going to be uh, keeping some of their clients uh, and, and drawing people like us to come see the, that particular gathering of vendors in one place, um, especially if this does prove to be cost effective and also ultimately not a huge change in how some of these, at least the bigger players that have the, the, you know, the deep pockets to, to, you know, throw product around and that kind of thing and, and get them into, into media's hands um, versus waiting for the, the walk by traffic in the hall. Yeah. I feel like this is the one thing that companies haven't tried, which is to go the virtual route like this. We have seen other ways that companies have tried to skirt the, the costs involved. So for example, We've got companies, I mean, we, all three of us have done this. We've, we've gone to see companies at hotel suites. So they don't have a presence on the show floor. They're part of the show, but they end up, you know, doing a hotel suite where people come in by appointment and things like that as a way to offset the costs, but still see people in person. Now, are they willing, we've already seen companies finding different ways to get around those things, but 
are they willing to try doing connecting with, uh, with people like us and whoever else in a way where you're not seeing them face to face? Like, will they pass that up or will they, will they continue to do it? That, that I think will be interesting to see starting with 2022, which as far as I've seen, looks like they're, they're committing to doing it in person. Like the show will go on in person like normal uh, 2022, but we'll see. I think it might be a hybrid uh, of of uh, conferences conferences and the the online virtual side. For years, uh, you know, these vendors, you know, have tried getting you know us press to go to these uh, you know these digital press conference conferences and uh, webinars, and I I never liked doing them, but now. I've got no choice. So I've kind of been trained <laughs> to actually show up for these uh, these things, right? Because if I don't, then I'm not getting any news. So uh, I, I think I'm used to them now um, and I'll probably continue to do them. But uh, I, I wouldn't like to see these uh, these big conferences, uh, you know, go away because I do enjoy going to them and actually seeing people face to face. We're talking all about the Consumer Electronics Show down in Vegas uh, this year. It's not happening in the real sense. It's happening online, and we will be covering it. It's happening Monday through Friday this week, and we will have all the news and tech updates from there, especially uh, during our uh, next weekend's show, not only here on the App Show, but our sister show as well, Get Connected. We've got Ted Kurtzonis on the line. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about some of the uh, things that we're looking forward to covering this week and uh, some of the things that uh, have been pre-announced as well, everything from uh, new Samsung and Huawei phones to the latest in 5G. You're listening to the App Show. Back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike Eggerbo here with John Beeler. Got uh, our good friend Ted Kurtzonos on the line from Toronto talking all about uh, the Consumer Electronics Show uh, this week coming up and uh, some of the things uh, we're looking forward to covering. It's completely virtual this year. We're not going to be able to go down to Vegas and have uh, hangovers every day of the <laughs> of the week and, and no sleep, but uh, that's that's life. Uh, guys, uh, you know, there's a lot of pre-announcements happening, a lot of rumors uh, happening of what's going to be down there. What's uh, some of the highlights for you? Yes. Oh, well, for me, uh, as I'm surprised, actually, that Samsung is going to be launching a phone uh, around the showtime that the last time I remember seeing that happen was when they unveiled the first Galaxy Note. Yeah. I don't know if you guys yeah. remember that. That was 2012. And I mean, the phone was massive at that time, like in terms of the size. Uh, but that was rare. Like it, it just, it, phones generally don't launch at the show. Asus has launched a couple over the years, but generally, you know, you don't usually see new phones. So that's a bit new. Typically on the mobile side, it's, it's, it's accessories. It's products that can work with phones. We got a lot of movement on headphones. Like you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on on the in the headphone space uh, at the show. Audio generally has become a bigger thing over there. But on the yeah, in terms of a phone itself, it's a, even tablets. Like it's rare that you see something like that uh, coming. It, w- out. it was interesting last year uh, at CES 2020 that we actually got to see a lot of phones that were announced in the fall that hadn't shipped yet. Like all the folding phones, we started to yeah. see some of those, some of them were prototypes that we couldn't touch or couldn't touch them in certain ways, but we could at least see them in, in the flesh. And I remember Mike and I were playing with, you know, the, the Motorola flip. And, oh, the uh, razor. Yeah. The razor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the razor and um, just lots of folding devices. Um, but back to your point about Samsung, uh, it's interesting because normally they do their un, un, unpacked session uh after CES and they're actually doing it during this time. So it's like a, like a month after, like in, yeah. in 
Yeah, like some <laughs> serious distance from CES just to sort yeah. of get the spotlight back on them. Yeah, yeah. And then and then the phone itself would typically launch three weeks to a month after the unveiling. So this is accelerating that process. And I think what's interesting is that I, I think this is the last year. I, I don't think I, I, I'm anticipating there will not be a Galaxy Note this year. Uh, I could be wrong. But I just saw that those two lines, the S line and the Note line, just converging. I mean, really, the pen is the only difference now between the two. The screen size is no longer a difference. It's the same, the same exact displays. So I'm curious to see if they actually kind of retire the Note line and just stick to the S line. But I, I, I also wonder if, if this is going to change their product cycle in any way. Uh, you know, because typically it's February for the S, August for the Note and you know and whatever comes in between but i wonder if this will this will change for them this year it's interesting that it's a pen is the difference you know <laughs> on the apple side it's the same thing with the tablets it's like well which pen <laughs> tablet and can you use a tablet pen on other things now like your iphone and like just all this like it's just a pen it's a stylus let me use it wherever i want and sell and, it separately yeah so, sell it separately uh why not just make the s phone compatible with the S Pen, uh, you know, and just sell it separately. Now I get that there's an advantage where the node had a slot for it. So you're not carrying it as a set. I mean, that's always an issue with, with a stylus, but at the same time, um, I, I don't know. I just don't see the point in having uh, both lines going anymore. Uh, it, it, to me, it's, it's, it's just too much redundancy. And I don't, I don't think there's enough of a functional difference between the two to suggest that they should. Yeah. Doing. I, I think I can see an, a, another S phone coming later, like they did the fan edition in 2020, but that's it. I, I just wonder if um, consumers right now have an appetite for these high-end flagship phones. You know, I think in 2020, we saw a lot of uh, releases of lower cost phones. Even Google with their Pixel line kind of brought it down even further in price. And I think, you know, these guys are, are crunching the numbers. People just aren't snapping up the $1,500 you know, phones as, as fast, you know, especially during these trying economic times. And I don't think 2021 or 2022 is going to be that much better from an economic standpoint. So people don't have as much cash in their pockets. So uh, to your point, uh, Ted, uh, you know, it does look like they're going to announce the S21 uh, Samsung Galaxy phone here in, you know, uh, January here at CES. But yeah, like how many more $1,500, $2,000 phones are they, <laughs> are they going to be selling? Well, they won't be launching just that. I mean, because there's going to be a variant that's going to be cheaper. Yeah. And it would not surprise me if they follow the same path that they took in 2020 again, where they launch, you know, they launched the fan edition, which was a lower cost yet high end phone that I wouldn't be surprised probably sold better uh, or will sell better than the other models because it was like a combination of the other ones. So I wouldn't be surprised at that, but I would I would also venture to guess that some vendors who are playing in that mid-range space are going to ramp things up. I think TCL is going to try big time to to you know to make a play for the Canadian market. They already launched two phones in 2020, but people didn't really notice that. Now I think they're going to pr- try and promote them. They've got the TVs, you know, to back them up because those have proven themselves. So I think they're going to use whatever cachet they've built, whatever trust they've built with the TVs to try and sell some phones too, particularly if they're undercutting the competition like they generally do with TVs as well. So I don't see the strategy being very different. 
But TCL is just one example, but I, I can see other brands uh, that are playing in, mid, in the mid-range space saying, hey, we've got a very good phone and you don't have to pay a full premium for it. I, I think TCL kind of kind of missed the boat a little bit in, in the sense that when they launched their phones, we had them, we loved them actually. They were great phones, especially for the price and, and the, the bundle of getting a TV with your phone. Um, but you can get them anywhere. You can only get them online. And even then it was kind of weird how you had to get it. I think the big thing is TCL can ramp up their distribution to actually have phones at carriers <laughs> in the stores. They're going to go a long way with that. And I think that's probably what this year is, this past year has helped them to sort of figure out how to do better. It's interesting, uh, you know, looking back at uh, 2020 Consumer Electronics Show, John, you know, we saw the uh, the Razer flip phone. Remember how, you know, excited we were to see that? Uh, but, you know, I, I would just wonder if we're going to see any more like big innovations like that uh, in this show. And, uh, you know, did, did the flip phone, folding screen phone really light the world on fire? I just don't think we're not there at, yet. Not, not at the price they were charging. No, no, two thousand uh, dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean the 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 Galaxy Z Flip was two grand. Yeah, like it was. It started at eighteen hundred dollars, and never mind the fold. The the fold too was you're looking at three thousand dollars. Like at those prices, no, they're not going to move. Uh, they're not going to move the needle forward in a meaningful way as far as any kind of, you know, mass popularity. It, 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 you know, whenever I showed people those phones, they always found them interesting and cool. But I, I always got the functional questions like, oh, you know, why does it do that? Or, you know, <laughs> why does it, you know, why, where would I use this? Or like, you know, now, but always though, the, the, the killer was always the price. Yeah. Um, if I had said, oh, this is a, you know, well, the phone's a thousand dollars. then now you know they're like oh okay you know what this is within range um so not only am i seeing this as a novelty but i'm seeing it as an affordable novelty Uh, but at the prices they're at they're they're early adopter devices now to your point though will this be the year where we start to see that start to you know kind of come down a little bit i don't think so i think 2022 will be the year where foldable phones become affordable enough that people actually start to consider them as their primary devices. What's affordable uh, to you, Ted, for that price? You got to be you got to be in and around a thousand. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, because you have the advantage of the fact that it's going to be kind of a novelty, not just to a new generation, but it's you're also repeating history with people like us yeah. who remember flip phones from a, from a bygone era. So, but if you're if you're going to charge prices that are already above what people are willing to pay for for de- for devices that are already out. Uh, you're, you're not going to get that kind of traction. What we've seen so far in 2020, and I would even argue from 2019, is that a phone at $1,000 or less, is the, that's the sweet spot right now. If you can be under $1,000, you, you're, you're, you can really start to go somewhere with that. Uh, I, I'm, Apple never releases numbers, but I'm certain, like I'm really confident that it's actually their lower-priced iPhones that do way more business. Than, than their pro models do. Well, that's why they, they've come out with, um, you know, the different variations of like the 11 and the, and the 12 and also the iPhone SE, you know, I think which is that's about right. 699 here in Canada. Okay, we're gonna have to take another break. When we come back, I want to talk about uh, tracking 
devices, tracking tiles. Uh, a lot of people might be familiar with uh, the little tile squares uh, that you can attach to your keys, your bike, your turtle, whatever, and uh, not not lose it. Well, it looks like some other players are getting into the game, including Samsung and even Apple. And uh, we'll be chatting about that. You're listening to the App Show. Back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike uh, and John here. We've been talking with our good friend over in Toronto, Ted Kritsonos. All about the Consumer Electronics Show. It's all virtual this year. We'll be covering it uh, throughout the week. And if you want to see all the latest announcements and our spin and take on them, you got to check our website out, getconnectedmedia.com. It'll all be up there. Guys, uh, you know, I want to talk about uh, another big trend that I'm seeing. We've seen these little tile trackers. They've been out for a few years. Uh, I use them. They're great. Uh, you can put these things on all sorts of uh, things like keys and uh, they've got different form factors now. You can stick them onto your bike. And basically, they have a little battery in them and they send out Bluetooth signals. So if you ever lose them, the the community that also has these tile devices, uh, you know, if one of their phones kind of walks near it, you'll get an alert to tell you basically the area that uh, it's in. So they've been very popular, but now we've seen uh, some pre-announcements that Samsung is going to get into this game as well. Surprised? Not at all. Uh, not at all. It, because Samsung will probably, like other manufacturers who are rumored to get into this, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, uh, they probably see an opportunity to embed this technology in the devices they already have. So if they were to embed it, say, in their phones, their earbuds, headphones, uh, any product that's portable that you may have, you might lose or misplace, then, of course, they're going to put that in there as a value add, basically. It doesn't even necessarily even need to be a subscription uh, like it is with Tile. Well, Tile, you don't have to subscribe. It's just an option. And... That's it. I, I, I just I just think it's one of those things that they can just add to their products. I just wonder if they're going to charge for it after the fact, or if it's just a premium that they'll just include in the upfront price. I get. I think it, and the the other rumored uh, company getting into this uh, is Apple with AirTags, um, yeah. and that looks like it's a, a pretty reliable uh, rumor. Uh, but I think it's all about the ecosystems, isn't it, Ted? Like getting people oh, sure. locked in. Yeah. Sure, yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's, it's yet another reason to trust the brand, right? So, hey, like, we've got this technology embedded in the product that's going to make sure that, you know, you're not going to misplace or lose it, or if it's stolen, then we can help you get it back, you know, and you don't have to do anything. It's just there. So, yeah, for sure. It, it's, it's another way to build up that, that brand trust and to make something functional that doesn't require a whole lot of thought or input, right? It, it's like a perfect storm if you're a brand because you don't have to do all that much like, or the, the, the consumer doesn't have to do all that much with it, which is kind of like Tile. Like Tile is a passive product. These, these trackers are passive products and generally you're not supposed to use them unless you really need to. And they're actually working at their best when you don't <laughs> need to use them. Right, because they're they're just they're giving you that peace of mind, and and so yeah, I think it's a no brainer uh, that some of the bigger brands want to get in on this on their own. Do you think there'll be a standard of any kind, or is it going to be all proprietary to each company? You know, like you mean, will they license the technology, or I'm just will they all work together? Could I have an yeah. Apple one and a Samsung one? My gut says no, but they no, should. No, they yeah, should. No. Yeah, yeah, they should, but no. We, we've seen too many times where they don't play nice with each other, so. 
that, which is why Tile will actually survive, um, even if Apple and Samsung get into this, because Tile has the ability to partner with all types of other brands. They've done a little bit of that, like Skull Candy comes to mind, where the, the technology is embedded in, in headphones. But yeah, like, oh, there you go. Okay. I've got a, a, a Nomad battery pack, you know, one of those USB battery packs that's got Tile embedded in it as well. Yeah, see? Yeah, so there's an example right there. So so Tile's going to be fine. I, I'm not, yeah, I wouldn't look at them being in trouble because of this, but they need to ramp up on those partnerships. We've been talking with Ted Kritsonos all about the Consumer Electronics Show and what we're expecting to see this coming week. You'll have to stay tuned uh, to the next week's program, not only here on the App Show, but get connected as well. And visit our website every day, uh, Monday through Friday. We're going to do all the latest updates on all the coolest new gear coming out this year, again, at getconnectedmedia.com. Ted, thanks for joining us. It was a pleasure. Thanks, guys. When we come back, we'll tell you a little bit about the uh, the contest uh, this week. You're listening to the App Show. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here. We have been talking a lot today about uh, the upcoming Consumer Electronics Show. And I just want to remind the listeners, uh, we are going to have full coverage all throughout the week on our website at getconnectedmedia.com. We'll uh, be tuning into all the announcements. There's a lot of cool and crazy and weird tech stuff that's going to be announced and so we're going to weed through all of that for you and basically deliver you the uh, the highlights so if you want to check that out on a daily basis we'll uh, have lots of great articles up there and also uh, daily roundups uh, you know via video uh, as well so make sure to uh, to tune in for that and again that's at getconnectedmedia.com on the next weekend's shows uh, not only the app show but also the sister show get connected we will be giving you uh, in-depth coverage of what we will feel are the highlights of of the week you know the technologies that are really ones to watch for in 2021 and and, and onwards don't forget uh, on our website also we have our weekly contest again getconnectedmedia.com up at the newsletter tab there's instructions on how you can enter and i really encourage you to do that we're giving away literally thousands of dollars of prizes uh, this year and once you enter in once you're entered into all of them this uh, this month john what are we giving away we're giving away the YubiKey, the physical password uh, security device for your smartphone or your computer device. This thing is awesome because not only is it a physical password device that works in computers, you know, we've seen these before, but this one also has a connector for smartphones. So you could make your smartphone extra secure as well. And if you want to try to win one of these, just enter getconnectedmedia.com hit the newsletter tab there's instructions on how to uh, make that happen want to thank everyone that helps put the program together including john my co-host and also christina back at the studio we'll see you again next time you've been listening to a 980 cknw podcast listen live at cknw.com the radio player canada app tune in amazon alexa hd radio at 101.1 fm hd2 and on the am dial 980 cknw